Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Hey yo. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly-bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks. Because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yizzo! Hey, girl. Oh, hi. I feel like that was dumb that loud. That was very loud. Yo, all right, everybody. So before we even get into this, we are trying a new platform for recording. We're trying to make sure the patrons have what they need since y'all paying y'all coins or whatever. So this platform allows us to do video. It's a little more aesthetically pleasing, but it also captures the audio. Yes. So we're going to see how this works out. So if we're ever dumb loud. mouth to eat. <laughs> I have not. First of all, it's grapes. You're a hater. They did. They they did say, "Can y'all stop eating?" But we need to care for ourselves. Also, really quickly before we get into updates, we are joined by a very special guest. I asked this guest how they would want to be introduced, and they said just by Jason. Jason is joining us. Jason, you will hear. He's fancy. Jason does a lot of things within the world, within the space of mental health. Um, but he's also just seemingly a dope human. 
I've never met Jason in person, sadly, but we connected online because the world is so small. And I was like, yo, 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 would you be interested in coming on and talking some shit with us? Because you're cool and we need that. And he was like, uh, I'm gonna let you know. I'm let me talk to my manager. <laughs> so Jason, please say hi to the people. What's up, buddy? Yo, you're you planned you planned on making a black man blush and you succeeded. So thank you. <laughs> Are you blushing? There you go. There you go. No, what's going on, y'all? Good to good to be here. Thanks for having me. Hi Shanti. Hi Antoinette. Nat. I don't know why Aunt. I don't know how you want me to refer to you. Everybody just says Antoinette or the Porcelain Princess. Like I'm playing. <laughs> no one. Shanti calls me that. But no, yeah, everybody just says my long ass name. In all honesty. Antoinette. Whatever you want to say. Shank, what I up? Just, what up? That's how it is. That's, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> I hate it so much. Shank is really bothering me. <laughs> We're about I'm necklaces. Not, I'm never fucking calling you that. She has a necklace that has a, a knife on it. And she thinks she's hard. Well, incident- <laughs> incidentally, she texted me. She was she was trying to say my name, and she wrote Shank. It was like Shank. Are you? And I was like, Is that God? Like that feels so. People are calling you that too. I know. I hate it. I hate it so much. Antoinette, are you cool with me enunciating your name the way I do? Because I'd be like yeah. Antoinette. No, Antoinette. Okay. I actually say Antoinette. My okay. my parents say it differently, so it's fine. My mom says Antoinette. My dad says Antoinette. Okay. I don't care. Um, but my my Afro Latina Dominican shorty, shout out to Angie, says Antoinette. So <laughs> okay. I figure it's gonna it's gonna be a difference. But Shanti, yes. get us um, bring us into some updates, por favor. <sighs> Spanish. Well, what did I say? Um. <laughs> I am, I'm getting ready to go to Atlanta for the first time ever. What? Yeah, I'm going to be good doing a pop-up with the business. So the Sable Collective is going to ATL. Um, Are you doing with Shaheed? No. No, uh, but big, I'm, big ups to Big Sha. I'll see him probably down there. But we're going to be collaborating with um, a natural hair salon called Lock Mamas. Shout out to Michelle if she's listening. And what is the Sable Collective for any new The Sable Collective is an online boutique that is curated for Black women to explore our narratives of joy, beauty, and wellness. We source clothing, jewelry, housewares, artwork from the BIPOC community and women artisans and entrepreneurs. So An elevator pitch. Hit us up at www.thesablecollective.com for all of your online... Shank. Shank. Um, oh, but anyway, we're going to be doing a pop-up October 9th through 10th. So it'll be my first time in Atlanta. Pray for me, because Atlanta is <laughs> not okay, apparently. So we're going to keep it safe, and it's going to be fun. It's just going to be quick. I'm going to drive down, which is probably insane. Ew, with whose car? Not that car you got. No, we're going to rent a car. We're going to rent a car. Why won't you just get on a flight? Because I have a lot of inventory to take. So You can ship the inventory. I just don't trust. I don't trust that. I just, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Because for my next update, I feel like withdrawing from everything. I feel like fall is coming. I feel like a leaf that my chlorophyll is just disappearing. And I want to dry up and be done with the world in a particular way. So like I'm, I'm 
Is that kind of, is that, that's how I'm that feeling. Kind of, yeah, just, it's been for a long time, but I've just been ignoring it. But I feel like I'm just going to surrender and see what's on the other side of just going inward in a particular way. And to add to my feelings, I listened to Chloe Soul's Cleo. Cleo. Right. Chloe, Cleo. <laughs> Cleo. I've, her, her music would always come up on uh, Spotify, and I was like, I liked her sound. Um, but. I listened to her album, her new album, which is about motherhood. And it's the most beautiful, beautiful album that I have heard in a really, really, really long time. And she kind of reminded me that motherhood is like this sacred responsibility. And I feel like in this day and age, you, you know, you, you clothe your babies, you get them a good education, you make sure that they're responsible and polite. And like, that's a great mother, but she taps into like, you also remind your baby that they're like this, your child, you're the first teacher that you're, that you teach your child that they're spiritual beings. And like, you're more than just prepping them for like this competitive world. It's like, actually you're this brilliant spiritual being and I'm your first teacher. And I was just and like, your first home and your first home. And like you're the closest thing. If the mother's healthy, God willing to like God's love, this unconditional, like I got you, even if you don't know yourself yet. And I, I, I was, it was such a beautiful reminder of of the responsibility that I carry as a mom that I like often forget because you're just in survival mode and you're like, do you know your times tables? You know, does she? Do, <laughs> does she? she knows she's a spirit soul though. She has a different <laughs> like, responsibility. She's like, <laughs> I know I'm not my body and that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but that's where I'm at. So pray for me and when I fade to black. Don't act like I ain't never told you. So that. Here we go. <laughs> the bullshit. Um, my update seemed a little bit <clears throat> shallow after that. My update is that I realized that vegans are liars. Girl. And they're really... <laughs> it was really pissing me off. Illusional. No, I was... So you know that my laptop has been messed up. So when I had to send you that file, I had to drive all the way to the Apple store in Williamsburg. I go to the Apple store and I'm around all the whites and they're all, it's all these vegan restaurants and pop-ups. And I just see things like vegan oxtail, <laughs> vegan carrot bacon. And I'm like, yo, fuck out of here. And I don't know what it was, but it made me so angry. Like I felt it in my body. And I was like, they're just fucking lying. They're lying. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking there's no mushroom. It tastes like an oxtail. It's appropriation and, at this point. It's like, it's you're lying. Like, And it made me think about Jazz when we had that like that dinner at her house and she had vegan oxtail and was pissed that it didn't taste like oxtail. <laughs> and I was just like, you're a liar. You're lying to yourself. And if you're going to do this thing, just do it. And just know like these are the sacrifices I'm making. So if you're a vegan, know that you're irritating me if you're doing things like saying you have carrot bacon and and Jasmine's sending me recipes on Instagram for carrot bacon and you put maple syrup on this sliver of carrot. You're just eating chickpeas and soybeans. Right. Go to hell and just accept that. Like, that's fine. (laughs) 
that's fine. But like, there's two types of people in the world. You either want the truth or you don't. Yes. And I feel like vegans don't want the truth, Mm-mm. but then they're on this high course of like, well, I'm a vegan, but you're a liar. So that's one update. Um, oh, that you'll like the Shanti. So yesterday for all the football fans, the Raven, the Eagles didn't win. I don't want to talk about it, but the Ravens played. Okay. Now the Ravens have a quarterback. It's a young quarterback. that is like Mike Vick reincarnated, but better. And Ravens are with Baltimore, right? You following me? Mm-hmm. Baltimore is where the wire was filmed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I saw that. You saw it. So then they have, they, they have this beautiful tribute to Michael K. Williams, God rest his soul. And I loved how they did it because it was kind of haunting like Omar. They didn't even have his picture up. Just had a black screen with the farmer in the Dell whistle before the game and the whole stadium's going crazy and erupting. And this was a huge game because he was playing Patrick Mahomes. And that has been someone that he just could not beat. And they beat him. And I feel like it's because of Michael K. Williams. I, I really believe that. Maybe it wasn't, but I just love that moment. And I know football is like, people feel certain ways about it. I get it. I'm supposed to be boycotting. It's not working because I'm a liar. Are we boycotting? Oh, I mean, for, because we're still, for, are, are we still mad? Name? Shout out to council culture. Are we still oh. mad, Jason? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not mad. I'm just, I've lost interest. Mm. It, it's beyond the boycott for me. I'm just like, I figured out better things to do on my Sundays. Oh, that's oh. right. Well, well, shit. I have, <laughs> let us find out you make Sorry. a vegan oxtail, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even watch the game, which is annoying. I actually stayed up late and was, well, I watched the end of the game, but I stayed up late and was watching all the highlights and then didn't rest. But that was, shout out to Baltimore. They, they needed that win and shout out to Michael K. Williams. Next up is that I, if, it, if folks don't know, Crown Magazine. It's a really beautiful bu- publication. Um, crown, it's, there's no O in that, right, Shanti? No. no O in the crown. But if you guys go to at Crown Magazine, no O, on Instagram or Crown Mag, you will see images of Black women and Black men and Black experience and Black non-binary folks, you know. And it they're just reflective of the type of beauty that you don't see on the mainstream. And so I was fortunate enough the, the the head honcho creative guy reached out to me and was like, hey, well, I'm in Brooklyn. We'll love to get together. Um, come through. So I, I went and they were doing this shoot and he you know, took my picture. I was talking and I don't know what these pictures are going to look like because I was cracking jokes and mean mugging. But just being in that space and seeing like these women are so fly. And I kept looking like, damn, I want to be cool like that. Like they were just had like their braids a certain way. They had the glasses and it is just, it's not, it's not the aesthetic that we see. Like there's a, there's a beautiful black woman and she usually has European features. If she's brown skin or if she's light skin, you know, then she's light skin and she has more leeway, you know, to look however the fuck she wants, but gotta have long hair. You gotta, have a fat ass, you gotta have all these things. And these women were just themselves and they were gorgeous. And this, he gave me a bunch of the magazines to go home and check out. The articles are beautiful. Black Market Vintage has a whole spread in there. So for folks that don't know, I really think that the Around the Way Curls community would love 
love, love, love this publication. Um, it's a boutique magazine, so check it out. And big shout out to them. Um, when will hopefully you be? we can collaborate. I have no idea. Don't ask me questions. I don't. No idea. Um, next up, today I took off work. And it was lovely. Um, I did try to log in uh, to an early morning meeting because I had anxiety about my boss presenting some of the information that I put together because she's so busy. I downloaded her and I logged in and she kicked me off the call. She was like, you've been working too late. Get the fuck off the call. You're off. So I'm hoping that all went well. But I took off because I recorded with um, Bridget Kelly and Mandy B again for See The Thing Is Pod. Uh, that episode will be at tom- out tomorrow. Uh, oh. That episode is out by the time this comes out. So it came out Tuesday. And um, those ladies really have it together in terms of production and business. They really inspire me. And I loved how they've wrapped their arms around me and just embraced me and, you know, want to see me win. And we just have a good time when we're together. And I'm proud of them. They have some some exciting announcements coming up. So shout out to them. Make sure you check out the episode. The episode is going to be called um, She Meekin. Excuse me? Mill, Meek Mill Meeks. <laughs> I was I was going in there on Meek Mill on the episode. So every time somebody did something stupid, I was like, they Meekin. And that ended up being the she title Meekin. of the episode. Okay, okay, but she, okay. I feel like I can say that because I'm from Philly. Nobody else can. So <laughs> relax. And then last up, um, I just want to say happy birthday and congratulations to Jade of all Jades. You know that she's a dear friend of ours, of mine. Jade had a birthday September 11th, and I don't think I shouted that out. And she also has a an amazing variety show that she produced, that her and her partner XD produced, self-produced, put the money up, wrote it edited directed it and it's on youtube for all of the folks to see please go watch it on their youtube channel leave a comment share it yes. so that my girl can shop that thing around and get her coin and then the last happy birthday is to my favorite afro latina um angela i love you so much she is the founder of Ariane's jewelry i have her jewelry on right now and um, I celebrated with her. That was my first time out since COVID. And I love you and I'm proud of you. That's yes, all. Angie. <laughs> oh, and she's also at the, in the Sable Collective. So, <laughs> Jason, do you have any updates for the people? You've been so quiet. You can talk shit about us while <laughs> no. we're not raggedy updates. No, I'm listening. Um, a couple of things, you know. So the last thing, you, you, you've been shouting out Afro-Latinos all night. So thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, shout, shout to it's Hispanic Heritage, Latinx Heritage Month. Um, so I think it's important for me to highlight that. Um, but something Shanti said, I think your entire update regarding the Cleo Soul album resonated with me in a different way, to be honest with you. I, I love her, her work, um, but I'm a dad. Um, mm. And so to me, listening to that music and to that album resonated with me uh, and reminded me of a recent conversation that I had with my own daughter, mm. um, who's 19. Mm. So... My daughter's 19. She's a rising junior um, in school. And I recently had a conversation with her about what she cares about. Like, what do you care about Mm -hmm. beyond your friends, boys, all the things? And she was like, you know, dad, I I really do care about like what causes. Uh, And she was like, I really care about women's issues. And I was like, what specifically? And she was like, domestic violence. And I was like, how? Like, this isn't isn't something that you've 
grown up around, you haven't witnessed it as far as I know, right? You haven't, you know, you haven't been a victim or a witness to it. Um, and she was like, well, you'd be surprised that a lot of my friends in school are wrestling with some real serious things. And so that's, that's a, that's a cause that I want to dedicate myself to. So I was just like, wow, you know, and, um, the album, I think, you know, it does revolve around motherhood, but it does remind me of the power of fathers and, and, um, our ability to, to help shape, especially young, young women. Um, and so for me, it was just a proud moment as a father, but it's also like, you know, that choked up feeling like, yeah, you know, I, I, we, we did good. You know, we've been co-parenting her since she was three. Um, uh, but I think I like to think that we did a good job. So that's, that's my update. Wow. Y'all see why he, we brought his ass 19. to 19. <laughs> yeah. 19. Can you yeah. imagine, Joe? I had her at five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at this At this rate, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Can you um, imagine? Can you, do you have any advice for Shanti since her daughter is 11? This is yeah, inside. I mean, I, you know. I would say that the, and this goes for everyone, right? Like fathers, um, mothers, I would say that, you know, let, let them into your world. What happened? Was she, how old is she? No, no, she's 11. She turned 11. Oh, she's 11. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shout to that. I was August 12th. Um, Leo season. You got a bell, you got a ring or something that you got to like, um, but now nah, let, let them into your world. You know, I think oftentimes I know for me, I grew up with, my mom, uh, as a single parent, thinking that she was superwoman and, and not what well, she was, but but thinking that she could do no wrong, right? So that when I became a man or, or an adult, I had to sit her down and be like, look, I respect you as a woman. I respect you as my mom, but you got to respect me as a, as, a, as a grown-ass man. And I think in large part, that was due to the fact that she never allowed herself to be vulnerable to a certain extent and allow us in. So, you know, I would just say, let them in. Hopefully they'll reciprocate that um, as they grow older um, and start sharing with you things that, you know, you would normally otherwise, otherwise wouldn't know. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. Where are you from? Where is your family from? From the Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. I was born here and my family is Dominican. Yeah. All right, kids. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Let's Uh-oh. go. Chachi, you're up. Am I up? Shank, Shank's up. <laughs> Just as, as an aside, because this is the um, PM and me. Somebody keeps moving their mic. Just leave it alone, all right? I oh, thought it was you that whole time. It's not me. I think it's Jason. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe it's me. I'm playing with my... So, sh- so full disclosure... <laughs> I got my crystals in front of me. I got my rose quartz. I got my... So it's probably me just playing around with it. So I'll stop. No, it's fine. That's fine. But there's some... It's like, sounds like this. You hear that? You probably... Mm -hmm. Maybe it's us, our dumbasses. But shout out to rose quartz. Shout out to rose... (laughs) Um, (laughs) My favorite writer, my favorite person. I don't know how to say her name, though. Michaela Cole. Why did I say Michaela Cole? Oh, I thought there was a um. Oh, at the end, I don't know. Anyway, Michaela Cole. I've been I've been saying it right the whole time, and then I I misread it when I went to check her name. But anyway, she became the first Black woman to take home an Emmy Award for Outstanding Writer for a limited or anthology series for her HBO drama I May Destroy You. And I'm so proud of her because I watched that sh- that for a second time, and it's oh, just wow. even better. So shout out for her to her, getting her flowers. And she said again, 
she, she's confirming how maybe I'm gonna blame it on her but she was talking about how important it is to go fade to black and like mm-hmm. we associate success with visibility and it's like what happens when you just go silent go ghost go inward what do you come out what what comes out on the other side so she's confirming my hermitage coming up but I'm so proud of her and she looked great she looked amazing god damn she always does um she I love that moment between her and Cynthia Orivo is that how you say her last name that moment where Cynthia where like Michaela just when they called her name and she just kind of took it in and then Cynthia like was obviously talking to her and it seemed like she was telling her like you deserve every bit of this moment and like soak it in, like take it, breathe, da, da, da. Whatever she was saying, it was a beautiful moment to see like black women being black women, holding each other down and support. Um, it made, it, it didn't make me sad. It made me like, oh, Antoinette, you just got to finish the damn show. And I, and, and if you listen to Around the Way Curls, you know that like I stopped because it was trick. It was triggering me watching it as a survivor. And I just thought, uh, I really, I really want to finish it. I, I, I just have to take my time. And so we actually talked about this one. See, the thing is, and um, it's just a trigger warning. I just want to add a trigger warning for folks who haven't seen it. We're like, oh, I want to support. Um, it, it deals with a lot, um, and especially you know a lot around sexual abuse, rape, uh, sexuality, like all of the things, all of the coming of age sadly coming of age thing so just be graceful and be gentle with yourself as you watch it and if you can't you can't but I, I think I'm gonna try to finish it it's beautiful it's wild Jason did you watch it uh I've got no I haven't I haven't watched the whole thing I watched maybe one episode the beginning the first one but that was it okay yeah. didn't grab him say less <laughs> um well Shasha your, you uh, just put your what's it called put your subtitles on because you don't know what they're talking about but i love the way they talk the ting i love right. when they say what? ting instead of thing they say ting, ting. <laughs> you're so cute ting <laughs> so again my my topic isn't as uh thought-provoking but versus baby yeah let's talk about it because i was hyping shit and nobody was hype with me actually chi my homie hit me and was like, yo, you got to chill out. Cause I was in the chat going crazy. I'm like, <laughs> let's fucking go. Ja. Yeah. Ja. Like the way I root for Ja Rule, even though I know that Ja Rule is the easiest person to make fun of with his little chipmunk. self, but I just was so proud of him. And I'm so happy that people are seeing what we know that Ja Rule was a pop star. And that's okay. And he's like, I'm going to stay in my lane. And people, and it made me happy too, because it's like, there goes that thing. We're going to talk about this later. How if you're a man, if you're rapping, you have to be a certain kind of rapper. You got to be tough. Like, no, sing, baby. Where would I be without my baby? Like, I was (laughs) losing my shit. I was losing my shit. I was like, yes, when I cry, you cry. And he, he was singing his little ass up. And I really thought, what was even better was that he showed his smarts. He stuck to his his game plan because Fat Joe was trying to do to him what Jada Kiss did to both Dipset and Fab, which is like, 
meet me in the streets. Meet me with the street shit. Jai was like, I don't have a street shit. I don't need to either. I have this pop shit, though. I'm going to get this crowd behind me, and you're going to lose. And that's do you just think what he, happened. Do you think he won, though? Do you think Jai, like, came out on top on that? I, I do. I very much do. And I know, and I don't, it depends on what lens you're looking at it, right? Versus is pop. Like, versus, I'm not going to verses to hear, like, yeah, that, that lyric was really, I mean, and the double entendre. You're not getting that. Like, versus is, it's all about nostalgia. It's all about pop. How do you, how it makes you feel. Fat Joe was doing his best to convince us that, it, what, what was he saying? He kept saying, yo, that, that shit was mad. Oh, nobody's listening to that anymore. It's like, yo, it's not old. listening to you, Fat Joe, anymore. Are Fat they? Joe still has current... Is yes, he, he still, still current on current music? Sure, ain't nobody listening to that. I love Joe, but I think he should stick to the uh, After Versus recaps. Yes. That's his, that's his highlight. <laughs> right. That's the highlight. <laughs> you have to say that because you're from the Bronx. Or not. Right? Listen, don't start this too early right now. It's gonna <laughs> I mean, I you know, I'm like, that's why you're saying you, it. You've been hitting me on the DM on the Bronx, you know, throwing shade on the Bronx and shit. Like, okay. That whole threaded, that whole page <laughs> is amazing. Is it not? Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah. I also want to say that Ja Rule is very resilient because he's yeah. been made a fool of. He's made a fool of himself with that yes. whole fire, whatever the thing is. And he fire still person. just like showed up. And performed like that's a he's either super delusional and out of his fucking mind <laughs> which is okay he's like a psych sociopath or he's just like you know i get back up no you know who's a 50 cent is a sociopath 50 cent is that's are you a cancer I'm, jason I'm, no you're leo I'm okay no I'm you're leo. leo okay yeah. cancer men cancer men tricky <laughs> but 50 oh, really robbed us 50 really robbed us of of ja rule Titty. and murder eight he did, because 50 came out. 50 is a gaslighter. 50 came out and was like, he corny as shit. He's this, he's that. And I know that Murder, Inc. and G-Unit's beef is much more than just Ja Rule and 50 is deep. But 50 came out and did the same thing that Ja Rule was doing. I mean, shout out to my sister. Shout out to just a little bit. But I'm 50 was singing on that hook. And Tina was in that video like, <laughs> but like, Come on, 50 did the same thing and then told him he's trash for it. 50 is just mean, but also buying out somebody's concert so no one's in the first 50 rows is hilarious. He's mean, he's ruthless. That's hilarious he's too, though. ruthless. <laughs> Jason, what do you think about Versus? <clears throat> Come on, let's hear the fat Joe Bronx stuff. <laughs> Why well, I gotta be that though? He's um, like, did y'all rule really win? Nah, yes. No, no, no. I think I think you're right. I think it's it's good for the culture. I think it reminds a lot of people that are, you know, that claim that they know music. Um, it reminds them and brings them back to this era of, you know, '90s, 2000s, of of when music was, you know, lyrical and it was about the experience. And um, I think they're great. You know, um, I don't think they're meant to be street corner battles, right? <laughs> it's like Meat Mill and, you know, whoever on the block. Like, it's, it's not what it, that's not what it's for. Yeah. Um, it reminds I don't know. us we're I mean, old, I, I, like, too. We're, like, old. Yeah. But, you know, old in the, in the best ways, though, right? I think we, we've got this nice mix of, you know, we know who Anita Baker is. We know who yes. Alicia Myers is, right? We know who... Um, but we also know who 50 is, right? And, and we can we can, we can can dive in, and live in those spaces. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm getting old to where, like, all the littles 
I don't know who these. <laughs> I'm like who? Little pump or the young, the young, the young. I'm like, listen, play me yeah. the song. I don't know it, but I yeah. I have a question. I was thinking about it today. Who would be like your ultimate? The two of you. Who is your ultimate like versus? If you could have any two people go up against each other. Shank, you could go first because I'm gonna need some time. <laughs> She's gonna be like arrested development. No. Damn. Mm. That's all Shanti listens to. Shout out to her. I got one. I got one. Okay. I'd like to see this might be sacrilegious, but I'm gonna say Outcast and Wu Tang. Mm. It's never gonna happen. I know. Oh, God. You said you said you said ideally, right? But yeah. I would I would say that. I'm not mad at that. I feel like Wu Tang would do it. Okay. They would do it. No. Andre, Andre like, is like, he's like, I'm not. playing my flute. What are you talking <laughs> like, about? What? I'm in my garden. Leave me alone. Outcast. Yeah. What is outcast? I think, um, I don't know. I would like to see, like, if we're thinking about the 2000s. Any, or anybody. Well, for nah, me. Nah, nah, not in the 2000s. <laughs> and the way that that whole era just changed music in so many ways. Music was just completely different. I was I would really want to see like Kanye and Pharrell go against each other. Kanye the producer or Kanye the rapper? Pharrell mm. the producer or Pharrell the rapper? Kanye and Pharrell, both of them. They could use their own songs. They could use what they That would be like a two, would I would need more than 20. It would be like Yeah, it would be like a 4-hour thing, but I think Pharrell that, the the Pharrell the artist can't touch Kanye the artist though. We know that. Yeah, don't be silly. And no, I mean, he can use nerd. He can use no, nerd. Any, yeah, nerd. Like people go scared of boys. They went crazy for that shit. Yeah, but, th- but. you got to know your audience. They're not checking for that. All the girls standing in the line for it. They're not checking for that. Yeah, you don't know that. It's the same boys that loved. Uh, what's it called? Have uh, you seen? Have Have you watched maybe one versus? Have you seen them crowds, child? They ain't checking for that. Well, you asked what I would like to see, so now we're right. like I apologize, to Queen. So, <laughs> I um, I was thinking about it. I want to really want to see. This is so people have said it, but I do really want to see Missy, the artist, versus Missy, the producer. Just Missy on stage, one fucking ham with her own stuff. I really want to see, and I've said this. I really just want to see Diddy and Dre, and Dre will never do it ever. But I would love because Diddy. Yeah. Could you imagine Diddy on stage when you hear Black Rob come on and you hear all this shit that you forgot about and then Kim might come out? Yeah. I would lose my mind. I would lose my shit. Now, I know Jermaine Dupri was saying that, you know, he's ready for Diddy and everybody's like trashing him, but that's not a wash. Like, people just don't respect Jermaine Dupri. And I get it. Like, Jermaine Dupri, am I I listening to Chris Cross? What'd you say? He was dating Janet. Isn't he married to Janet? He was just dating her. We're talking about his music. I just can't believe that. Anyway. That, he, that he was kissing Janet Jackson and inside of her body? Me neither, but shout out to him because that is the that, that is, is just... the ultimate flex. <laughs> really? What <laughs> I can say. Oh. Wow. But did you... All he got to do is just put a picture and be like, I won. <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, with that, you do get... It'll be interesting. Mariah versus Mary. You got Jagged Edge versus 112, which we already saw. That was terrible. But, like, you have these 
So that'd be interesting, but I don't want to see it. But what I really want to see is the Afrobeats versus. I would die. And right now I just think, I don't know who would go up against, because you got to have Wizkid. It got to be Burna and Wizkid. Burna and Wizkid. Some people are saying DeVito, and I'm like, nah. Nah. Burna is the one who has the ego for it. Yeah. Or low-key techno. I don't know mm. if y'all know. Yeah, I think Burner. Yeah, no, it's got to be Burner and, and um and Whiskey. I would die. Sure. I would die. I would die. I would be in here yeah. like they would be so mad at me underneath. Anyway, but shout out to Verse. They claim that they have something big coming up. They're probably so. gonna do like a concert or something. They're they girl. Have you been watching? They're live. They but can you buy a now. ticket to go to a Versus concert? Like, can the public mm-hmm. go? <laughs> Shanti, you irritate me That's so what I'm much. Just I, watch I, only the watch, I don't watch the verses. <laughs> and then she comes in here commenting, like, yeah, you know. And I'm like, you didn't watch it. I know you didn't watch it. Do you see the crowd? They selling drinks. It's Whatever. an event. It's at Madison Square Garden. I'm on my phone like that, looking at that. I got to scroll other things on Instagram. Right. You got to get them Instagram ads. I'm like, I got to buy some more shoes. Fuck verses. All right. Um, did you have time to read this um, article by Gabrielle Union? No. Sounds like a no. All right. So Gabrielle Union is on a book tour right now. And she has a book that is called You Got Something Stronger. And uh, she was on The View. You know, I love The View. And I, my sister actually posted this article. Um, and she's in Time Magazine where she's talking about her infertility. And... I knew I had I had I had heard other interviews before where she had talked about how she was really struggling um, with infertility, but she takes it a step further in this where she talks about how inadequate she felt as a woman, and then also we all know that you know her husband Dwayne Wayne and her had like they they weren't in the best of places. Uh, on a break, he had a baby with someone else. And she talks about how she's never really addressed that and how much that gutted her because she was struggling to get pregnant for their family. Um, and, and the book apparently talks about a lot more. You know, Gabrielle Union is a survivor of rape. She was raped when she was 19. Uh, apparently she's talking about um, raising a trans daughter, She's talking about all the things and in her very Gabrielle Union way, uh, she's, she's just, she just says it, you know, there's no fluff. She's just like, this is what it is. But she said on the view that she wrote this book because she was, she's also going through menopause right now. Right. And she had menopause come on early. And what people don't tell you about menopause is that you can have suicidal thoughts. And so she said there was this week's, two week span where her and Dwayne were struggling um, even after they were married, uh, just not seeing eye to eye, whatever. And she had this voice in her head, like he'll get it. If you kill yourself, he'll get it. If you kill yourself. And that after two weeks of that, she was, she called her doctor said something is off. Like I, I've never experienced this. And, and these are the voices that I'm hearing in my head. What is up with that? I forget. Was she on term. medication or this was just a natural, this is this, a natural. It's just your body changing Stop. and something happens. And I freak, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with. I was watching it while I was in the tub. You know, my ass be watching the view in the tub at night. And 
and I couldn't write it down, but I forget there's a term for it where you can have these, um, these thoughts come on and you're not necessarily suicidal, but the thoughts are there and they, they, they don't stay with you, right? Like they're fleeting, they'll go away, but no one really talks about it. And so she was talking about it with Whippy Goldberg and Whippy Goldberg was saying, oh yeah, girl. Oh yeah. And that was something that I never, nor have I ever heard of. And so as we're getting older, sadly, we're going to, this is coming. And my mom, she's had, she's been menopausal for 20 plus some years. I'm like, girl, what is this going to be done? Why you still get hot flashes? But it's something to consider. And so I wanted to highlight that. And I definitely want to read her book, but I wanted to know, like, I know that we have listeners of all ages and I'm curious to know, like, call in, tell us, you know, what your experiences are, what some resources are that you have. And I would love to talk to someone on a podcast about this. Yeah, I've never heard we that We need before. to prepare. But Gabrielle Union, shout out to her. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Jason, to this conversation? Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, no, I'm going to pass. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's yeah. just so crazy. You caught me off guard. I know. I mean, yeah. But I I, I really, I was reading some reviews and I was irritated because some people were saying, oh, here she goes again, playing the victim, this rich woman, da 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 yada. And that narrative is just so problematic because you, again, you never know what someone's dealing with. And I believe her when she says she wrote it so that other people can feel seen. And can feel like, oh, someone else is dealing with this. Like, it's important to have that sense of community. Um, so yeah, I I, and, I salute her for that vulnerability. And that I that's the one thing I appreciate about Gabrielle. She's always been unapologetically her, right? Like, regardless of what's going on in her life, she's always been a mouthpiece for, um, for you know, she 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 definitely brings forth what she's bringing, what she's going through in her personal life for the benefit of others, and so. Like it or not, I think you could, you got to respect that. Yeah. I I can't imagine struggling with fertility and then uh, my partner. They'll never show like that baby month. child. I, I did not know about that. I forgot. Didn't know about what? That he had another child while yeah. they, they were married. That is. Yeah. Dang. I'm hoping, though, that, that they're able to that he's able to be in that child's life. and Because that's tricky. That is so tricky. Because I I mean, I grew up with that where there's, you know, I shouldn't be telling my, but I don't care. But I grew up where there's a, <laughs> you know me, I don't give a fuck. But there's a, you know, a young woman who, I have a half sister, half sister. And I do use that term because I know people are like, that doesn't exist, that's your sister. But I've never been around this girl for more than maybe twice in my life. And it was such a hard thing for my mom to deal with that she couldn't bear it, like to have us have a relationship. And I, I understand that as well, but it has its effects on, on the father and the child. Yeah. Anyway. That's a topic, child. That's a topic. I don't know anybody who's, I'd love to talk to somebody about that. Yes, we do. But we, we do? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, we do. Okay. So the U.S. gymnastics team <clears throat> testified during Senate hearings 
uh, on the FBI's handling of the investigation mm-hmm, oh. of their abuse and molestation. That's the Larry Nasser thing? Yes. Mm. But I want to be clear, this is not the Larry Nasser case. This is how the FBI handled that investigation. And the gymnastics team is saying that the FBI were well aware that Larry Nasser was molesting them and that they did nothing about it. Thoughts? Wait, so, so I understand. So this isn't about... So when... I don't, I don't, I can't make the connection, right? So if they knew, if the, if they, if the claim is that they knew that the FBI was aware of it, mm-hmm. then why wasn't that brought up in, during the trial, the actual trial? Well, I think it wasn't, this is a separate thing. I think it wasn't brought up in the actual trial because they have their own grievance against the FBI. So I think there's stipulations around like that's going to, yeah, legal litigation stuff. Uh, legal right? litigation. And then also that would sway the jury, possibly sway the jury against the defendant even more, yada, yada, yada. So now they're dealing with this new thing of like the FBI knew they did nothing. And these women, Simone, I, of course, I don't remember the other women's name. I do apologize. But they bravely, tearfully all sat there and talked about how the FBI knew they were aware and nothing happened. So somewhat somewhat tangential, and this is just a question, but some folks are saying that part of the reason Simone Biles um, bowed out of that first round of the Olympics was, yes, she was going through some mental health issues, but it was also to prove a point and to send a message um, mm-hmm. to that effect, right? And so I don't know if y'all think that was the case at all, um, that somehow her not participating mm-hmm. was sending a message to I don't know what the what, what the body Olympic body is or or the NCAA or whoever. Yeah, I don't know either. But no, um, okay. but yeah, but I, but I thought it was interesting in in terms of the timing. Now that this is coming out, that might give it some credence. It's very possible. I <clears throat> sadly, this does not surprise me. It though. doesn't surprise me at all. At yeah. all, sadly. I, it doesn't surprise me that the FBI would want would prioritize how we look on the world stage before yeah. the, the health of these young women. I mean, it's sad, um, but I'm very happy to know that folks are being called out for how they handled the investigation, and hopefully, this won't happen again. I mean, I girl. Hope. <laughs> That surprises me that you would actually say that. Why are you like this? I'm not. I'm sorry. So let's talk about it. I just, I think think we're all very delusional and surprised and hopeful that these systems that repeatedly violate and cause violence and just don't protect us when it comes out. I, I just don't understand I don't I don't understand why that is shocking and I think there's probably far more things I, I I feel like that's just the tip of the iceberg of things that you know of of the ways in which individuals and the public have been wronged by these very institutions and systems that are meant to like do one thing, but they do the 
exact opposite and the consequence of that. But do you think possibly that, are you at least happy that the FBI's, that this Senate hearing is happening and that these women are able to... Sure. Happy. I, don't think I wouldn't that say happy, happened. but like, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's important. I think, what was I just listening to? Um, and it, it made a deep connection because it was with the, the wire, right? Like mm-hmm. they were talking about how, this is completely off topic, but it's just another example of how these small things affect everybody greatly. So after 9-11, the FBI went from being this investigative, crime-fighting um, body, right, where everybody's, the, the, the intention from the top down was like, we're going to, you know, investigate crimes, kidnappings, murders, drugs, all of these things. But after 9-11, everything was around terrorism and finding, targeting, mm-hmm. you know, terrorist, what do they call them? Um, not cell I don't know what they're called, but like the secret little terrorist organizations in the United States. But as we saw on The Wire, what ended up happening was that all of those resources and were pulled from like folks that really need crime and investigative work. And they went and they started targeting Muslim communities and like locking up folks that were Muslim and had no real evidence as to why they were locking them up, why they were like stereotyping them and targeting them. And, and so much of the resources from the FBI went away from crime fighting and actually doing the work to like playing like they were doing something when there were no cases there. And from, from the top, the, the cops that were involved in it, um, I, I, this story that I was listening to was following an FBI um, I don't know, Sergeant, I don't know the names of it, but he was in the FBI police and he ended up getting locked up because he snitched and said, we're not doing any of the work. So they, he ended up getting locked up by snitching on his very own people because you just don't do that. So I, I just think it's, it's, it's a so tangled thing is hopeless again. I'm, it's just Nothing tangled. It's here. just deep. And I feel like the more that we are reminded and we are shown the reality, the less folks feel gaslit and the, le- the more safe people may be to be like, actually this system is really broken and it's, it's fucked up and this is the consequence. So shout out to those girls for being super, super brave. But unfortunately, I don't feel like it's, um, I feel like it's, it's a systemic issue that- Definitely it is. is. Fucked up. <clears throat> Are you going to say defund the FBI? Defund the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, but I think, you know, no, jokes aside, but I think, you know, it's it's what we're talking about. And it's the same spirit that you, you know, when people say defund the police, it's it's the same spirit, right? These ide- The idea that these institutions um, intended to administer justice are, in fact, the very institutions that are um, that are oppressing. And, oppressing, you know, yeah. I, and how long and how far do we have to go to, um, I guess, to remedy it, right? Um, and, and and to me, that's the fundamental question, right? Can it be fixed? Can it be adjusted? Can it be amended? Or does it have to be completely torn down and rebuilt from the oh, from yes. the ground up? Just to tear it down. Yeah, and, and, but who? 
is that realistic, right? Like I think in all the books and the textbooks and all that, of course it makes sense, right? You can you can intellectualize it all the way through, but in reality, I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, it's just too much. It's just too much money at stake. You're money you're at me. Stake. You're oh. me and Shanti is Shanti. And Shanti's be like, listen, you it's, you need to get radical. It's just it's just never been done. It's yeah. I think I think it's sad and dangerous and just an injustice to our potential as human beings to think that there are no other possibilities but to like, but this, this, these institutions. They're ha- they're, it's crazy. Maybe it's not blowing everything up. Maybe the change that needs to be done doesn't have to be a violent, you know, bloodshed or like complete anarchy or complete apocalypse. It doesn't have to be apocalyptic, but there had this. This can't be it. It can't be look it. How f- look how fucked up it is, right? Like that case that you just described, Antoinette, is the classic case of like Stockholm Syndrome, right? Like these women are going to the uh, oppressive institute mm. for their justice, Child. right? Like the very institute that's oppressing Delusional. them is, is the one that they're yep. looking to for for, um, for, for, for healing, right? And, and protection. And I don't know, I don't know how that works. I wish I knew. None of us. That, so it's on around the crows, we don't we don't offer answers. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we only offer perfectly. questions. <laughs> um, yeah. So more to come. I think we should watch this. I think we should, we yeah. I don't have I don't have the answer, but I do. I have a homie who works for the FBI. I want her ass to come on here. I just found that out this weekend. I said, "You work where, girl?" She was like, "I work for the FBI." I said, "Wow." Uh, she probably wouldn't, but. Also, how do you do that as a black woman? I don't know. But anyway, I'm looking at the time and I want to make sure we have enough time for our guests. So I'm going to skip politics as usual this week. I really have much anyway. Um, But we do have a voicemail. I don't want to get backed up on voicemails. I have a little bit of anxiety of whether or not you're going to be able to hear this voicemail because of this platform. But I'm going to try to play it. And you two let me know if you can hear it. Hello, beautiful ladies. It is Erin from the DMV. I just want y'all to know that y'all have been reading me for sales, but in the best way. <clears throat> so the episode that y'all had about the inner child or inner children, I legit sat in my car and cried, right? I had to keep pausing, replay, start over. I spent this episode or that particular episode to so many people, I can't even forget. So I didn't call and leave a message then because I just, I, I kept sitting with it, right? And just kept letting it marinate. And so the episode, I couldn't even get through it <laughs> before I called y'all because it's just, it's wrapping it all up. Um, I can't, the, the one that you just dropped, I can't think of what number it is, but the quote that you are, or that you all are speaking about is, you know, honesty without compassion is brutality and compassion without honesty is innately. And that wraps up the inner child episode for me because when you spoke about the young person who say, you know, they had a very domineering mother and da da da, I have had a friendship for over 25 years and I was like, she's always been super disrespectful to me, always been, you know, just very rude and acting as if I am a child or I, I somehow, some reason can't think on my own and it blows my mind. Because I'm not that kind of person, I'm not a pushover. But 
you know, after really working through my inner child and realizing that, you know, my mom was mean to me, right? She never had compassion for me. It was, you know, you're messing up your grades. Instead of trying to sit with me and talk to me and figure out where she could help me, it was, you're on punishment. You're this, you're that. You know, it felt very brutal to me. So that was how I accepted friendship. That was how I accepted love. Things like that really, really sit with me. I now have a three-year-old son, and I really sit. And, I, and me and my mother have also worked through a lot. Like, our relationship is wonderful and beautiful. Um, three minutes is not enough for me to really talk about what you guys have spoken about. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I love being a mom. I love the relationship that my mother and I have and what we have worked for it to be. So keep doing what y'all doing. Thank you. Shout out to Aaron. Come on, inner work. Aaron said, yo, this whole girl is treating me like shit. She put that puzzle together. Yeah, she was like, but my mom was brutal. Damn. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for listening. And thank you for reflecting wow what was we saying on the episode <laughs> like, like, when you was like, a kid <laughs> when i was a kid i couldn't y'all wrote or whatever my inner child was saying no, i don't know we need to go back and listen maybe we need to listen to that do some work <laughs> i'm listening to it tonight that's what's up these these um these voicemails are always there's there's a lot more shanti there's one that i feel like needs to be a whole an entire episode, one that I listened to, I was like, wow, we need to sit down and unpack everything that sis just said, because it, it's, it's a lot. Um, but thank you all for, for calling. And if you, if you want to call, if you want to share, um, hit one nine hundred hustlers slash two one five nine four eight two seven eight zero. Um, yeah, let us know your thoughts, give us ideas for episodes um hold us accountable and let's let's keep the dialogue going so thank you so much Erin and with with that I think we need to take a break pay some bills so we're going to take a break right now and we'll be back 
with our guest, the main event. So Shanti, take us out. These messages will be right back. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. And we are back. So here's the main event, everyone. I don't want to introduce Jason because I just feel like people should introduce themselves how they see fit. So Jason, we're about to get into it. We're about to talk about feelings. You're about to get vulnerable with us. I thank you in advance for that labor. And we're about to pry all up in your shit. You can tell us to mind our business when you're like, all right. I'm about to be the... I'm about to be the beginning, the guinea pig of all men. I don't, no, I don't know. No, we had, we've definitely had men on here. We definitely okay. have had okay. men on here. We've had okay. these kind of, we had, um, my sister's husband actually came on oh. to talk okay. about him being a reformed fuckboy and how he knew that my sister was the one, yada, yada, yada. We've had men. We've had raggedy men mm. who needed, they needed to cook a little longer. And then we had some great ones. Shout out to PBO. <laughs> So, um, Jason, please yeah. introduce yourself as you see yourself. What up, beautiful people? Welcome to the quiet storm. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> how do I don't know? I don't, you know, I hate to introduce myself um, and kind of t- talk to my work and my titles and all that. Like, I'm just a human being. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a brother. Uh, I'm a good friend. And what do I do? I do great hugs. I do great dinner parties. I do great um, listening sessions for my friends. That's what I do. Um, And I make a living by leading diversity, equity, and inclusion at an advertising agency. Okay. Yeah. So can can I ask you something off the jump? Yeah, jump. Tell us why you answered that question the way you did. What, who you are, 
without your titles or responsibilities to anyone? And then yeah. what you do for a living? Why did you yeah. break those two up? I think, you know, we live in a world that's that's so transactional, right? And so rooted in the superficial, what can you do for me? Who are you? Um, you know, and, and, and the ways that people look to assign value to you and the ways that they decide how much to respect you is, is so rooted in um, what you do, right? And in your titles. And so I've, I've tried to get out of the habit of leading with that. And, and wanting people to see me for who I am to the extent that they can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to, to humanize myself and try to humanize others in that in that way first. Uh, and then we can get into it. We can get into all the things from there. But I, I want you to see me for who who I am and not who you think I am. And so, I've, you know, it's it's a work in progress. A lot of people feel find that really weird when they ask me, so who are you? Like, what, what do you do? Uh, and I and I answer in that way. They're just like, well, that that wasn't the question. And I was like, well, you know, that was on purpose. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's really why it's just you know. And then especially in places like New York City, Philly, L.A., they're so superficial in nature. And Philly, I, I can't do. <laughs> You're gracious adding Philly to that yeah, list. I appreciate you. Right <laughs> My bad. Right, what you do? I'll be too. But nah, I, I just feel like it's um, you know, it's it's super transactional. I, I'm watching, I'm not finished, so I'm currently watching, I, I really recommend it, but there's a movie, I don't know if you two have seen it on Netflix called Work. Have you seen it? Mm, no. So it's with um, Michael Keaton, shout out to the best Batman, but he's the one there and he is, it, it's a movie about the aftermath of 9-11 and he is the lawyer that had to figure out what the value of each human life was lost and what to offer the family. Is that a real thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he's, he's done. There are lawyers that do this. They figure out the value of human life. And so in these conversations, and I'm only about 30 minutes in and I was like, I gotta go to bed, but I gotta finish this. Um, He's figuring out the janitor and the CEO, right? And I can't offer that family the same amount. Who I do, and then you have him interviewing the victims' family members, loved ones, and they're like, "This is the value this person had in my life. What do you mean? Have like this is not human?" But also, he's up against the idea of if I give everyone this huge amount, it will cripple the economy, which is, was a real thing. Um, little aside, but um, I, I, I saw that immediately was like, oh, I need to watch this because I agree with you. I, I think I, I've said this on here that like on a date or on things like that, I don't ask people what they do and they think that I'm not interested in them, but it's more like, I don't really want to know right now if I don't already know. Um, but who are you becoming? The highest expression of love in every, in every respect. At least that's what I'm striving for, right? It sounds super esoteric, right? So let me try to break that down. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a loving individual. I, I have a lot of love to give. I come from a family that is, we are some loving-ass mofos, right? It's, <laughs> it's hugs and kisses and I love yous all day. Um, and so I think that to me is what I'm trying to become, you know, uh, an example, a living example of that. And, and you know, that might sound super again, um, esoteric and fluffy, but really that's all there is when you think about what we're here to do and what we're here to give. What we're here to give. 
uh, in our lives. And, you know, I just want to be that for the people that I love, my friends, my family, the, my clients, um, complete strangers, you know, and, and love isn't always, um, it's not the romantic kind all the time, right? It's compassion, it's softness, it's tenderness, it's um, patience, right? And so I think I'm, I'm just trying to explore what that looks like in my life and, and, give it, and being more giving um, and requiring less of it, even though, or demanding less of it, even though, you know, hmm. I, I want a lot of that, right? I want a lot of love and I think I deserve a lot of love, but it really is about giving that and being in service um, more, more often than not. What's The Lives of Men? The Lives of Men is um, a platform that I launched in 2017. Um, initially, it was uh, something that I launched for myself, first and foremost. It was, you know, I grew up without my dad for significant periods of time in my life. Um, so I learned how to be a man in large part through making a lot of mistakes and through the women in my life. I have a lot of really amazing women, my sisters, my mom, my cousins, my aunts. And so I, I wanted to launch something that... Um, as I was kind of going through my journey uh, of becoming a man uh, that I could offer back to the world, to other men or young men who were going through the same thing, kind of wanted similar outlets. Um, and then it became um, part of the social zeitgeist, what was happening at the time, you know, the, the beginnings of the political landscape that we just came out of with Trump and um, post Me Too, right? Like this conversation around new masculinity and what, what does it mean, particularly for black and brown men, um, so I found myself at the intersection of that conversation, um, and it just became not only a platform for my own healing, but that of others, right? And so from there, it evolved. It evolved to, you know, kind of th this conversation around masculinity and what is what does it mean has broader implications um, in so many aspects of our lives as men, right? Not just in our personal lives, but in our professional lives. And so it evolved to a conversation around uh, inclusion and allyship and what does it look like for men who have traditionally been in positions of leadership and power, what does it look like for men to use that privilege um, to advocate for underrepresented groups, for women, um, you know, LGBTQ community, um, you know, all, every, everyone. And so, you know, that's kind of what led me to today. But that's, that's the original um, inspiration for it, was for it to be a vehicle for my own healing, first and foremost. Hmm. So were you giving the folks what... <clears throat> you may not have received in terms no, of like resources? No, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's giving, right? Cause you said it earlier, right? Your podcast isn't about giving answers. It's about exploring and it's about excavating. Uh, and that, that's what it's always been. Uh, in fact, it's funny. Um, I just tattooed the logo on my, on my forearm the other day. Uh, and someone said, well, it looks like a compass. And I said, it very much is a compass, right? Cause we want to be the, 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 the compass that helps men navigate their life's journey, if you will. Um, this idea that we're all on a journey that uh, that leads somewhere, but we're all on a unique one, unique journey. And so I just kind of wanted to be, I wanted to launch a platform that helped men along that journey without necessarily just knowing that, look, we don't, I don't have the answers. I don't have it all figured out, but I hope that together we can, and we can, uh, we can excavate together. So that's what it's about. So, and Shanti, jump in, cut me off when you want. Um, so I'm curious, like, how did this come to be? How did you, how did you get to a place where you were in touch with your feelings? How did you get to, I'm serious. How did you, were you allowed to be as a, yeah. you've mentioned that there were, you have amazing women in your life. Did they encourage it? 
how did how was this fostered? It was, um, you know, it's interesting because I wouldn't say it was encouraged. Uh, even though I come from a very loving uh, environment, I was still subject to all the things. That, <clears throat> excuse me, that all the things that. Uh, men are subject to, right? Like the man up, you know, you men don't cry. Like all of that stuff was still very prevalent in my life, you know, from the very women that I just said uh, were positive influences, oftentimes partners even uh, sometimes. So, you know, it wasn't that they gave me this permission one day to be, you know, to be in tune or to be kind of expressive in this way. It was just always something that I knew I had in me. Like I knew that I wanted to be, that there was more, right, to life, that there was this depth of life that I wanted to live. And that required me to kind of really dig deep um, and examine and examine all of the things that I've been taught, all of the things that I've learned. And so in, in some ways, it was kind of a lifelong journey coming to fruition. But then it was supported by um, negative confirmation, right? It was supported by trauma in my relationships. Mm. It was, it was um, supported by me and making my own mistakes and, and realizing that that's not the type of man that I wanted to be. Um, and I, I know a lot of men that often say that they started this journey when, after they had a daughter, um, which I think is, is in some ways I, I understand that, but I think it's a little too late at that point. Right. If I mean, cause we all have moms, we all have, in some cases, we all have sisters, we all have women in our lives that we should want to be better for. Um, so I wouldn't say that my daughter, having my daughter at 21 was a was a, an impetus in, in any way, but it definitely served as motivation for me to continue to do that work. Um, so I don't say, I wouldn't say that it was this kind of one moment of permission. It was just like these many moments of me realizing who I wanted to be and wanting to do the work to get there or to get closer to that. So then in that process, right, how old would you say you were when you were like, actually, uh, Probably my to... early 30s. Okay. Yeah, probably my early 30s. So then in that process, how did you learn to, because you can want to be those things, but still not have the tools, right? Right. You can still be like, I, I know that there's all this stuff in me, but I, I, I find that with a lot of men in my life, they don't have the words to identify what they are feeling. They don't even know how to identify it, right? Mm -hmm. And to name them. So like, how did you do that? How did how was stuff showing up for you where you were like, oh, okay. Now I can start this work of like, this is how I feel. This is why I feel this way. Mm -hmm. How do I, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, how yeah. Did so, you start I, that? how did how did the dots start to connect? Right. In, in other words, and then how do I how did I get to the language to be able to, to articulate that? And, you know, some, that wasn't always easy. It wasn't always like, oh, I picked up a great book and I highlighted the shit out of it, and all of a sudden, I you know, yeah. I, I just integrated that. Um, sometimes it was relationships going going bad or toxic experiences or me making mistakes in in my relationships or allowing mistakes to be made and having so, and allowing someone to learn on me and not realizing my worth and my value and overstaying in that relationship. So it was just a lot of different experiences that led me to be like, yo, like, there's more. Um, and I also, you know, I think again, being a product of a single parent home was, was a challenge, but it was also a gift in that I learned, and maybe this is misguided masculinity, right? But I would look at my mom and be like, yo, my mom was a superwoman. She raised five kids by herself. And um, 
I can only imagine what I could do as a man with better command of the English language, better education, all those things. I was like, if she could do it, I could do it. Right. But that was a little bit misguided, but still the spirit was there, which is, you know, how do I become a better version of myself for the sake of the people that I love? Um, so all of those things combined is what I started to kind of really point or really point me in the direction of just wanting to be more fulfilled. And, um, yeah, I mean, breakups are, are, are a real thing. You know, they, they, if you, if you pay attention to them, right. Um, most men go through a breakup and they're going to go fuck around until they get over it and then come back and then they'll, you know, do it all over again. And of course I did those things, but it, it came a point in time where I was just like, man, I've, you know, that's empty, right? I don't want to continue to do those things. Um, not for any, you know, reasons that I thought, you know, I wasn't holier than now. I wasn't better than anyone. I was just like, you know, at some point I want something different in my life. And, um, and so that, that's part of it as well. I think the best thing that, um, my ex ever said to me or any ex ever said to me was like, you were the reason why I went to therapy. And that probably sounds crazy, but that was the best thing. He was like, Mm -hmm. you, you, our relationship was the reason why like you made me see myself. For better and, or worse. And for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. I went to therapy too, motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I think for people, for, for the men that are listening, for the women who are listening, what are the tools? Like, what did you do? If mm-hmm. there's something that you could specific, because people love to say it's the work, the work. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, well, what the fuck is the work? Like, what is it? What do I got to do? And you yeah. mentioned like, you know, there's that no book that I read and highlighted and was like, oh, that's it. But if there was a book or yeah. some tools or some resources to provide, like what what were they? There were there were many books, um, you know, so it's it, I have to admit that, you know, one of the things that I have a, a hard time with and, and I'm very proud of the fact that I've been able to um, develop the language to articulate how I feel. But that doesn't always mean that I allow myself to feel if that makes any sense. Um, I don't allow myself to be overtaken by emotion, for example. So I don't remember the last time I cried, Um, but I get all the symptoms. I get all the, you know, the choked up feeling the you know, all of the things, the watery, teary eyes. But for whatever reason, I can't allow myself to let that overtake me so much that I cry. You can't or you won't? I, I think it's, I won't. I don't know if it's not a conscious thing, right? But it's just for some reason, I just can't allow myself to get there. I don't allow myself to get there. Maybe it's because I'm afraid of what would happen if I can't stop, right? Um, but anyway, so I say all that to say, to, uh, as a preface to your to your to answer your question, you know, it was a combination of a couple of things. It was a book um, for those that are listening. If you want to pick this up, it's "The Way of the Superior Man" by David Dieta. is a great book. Um, <laughs> I bought that for Chi. It's a great book. That's funny. Um, there's another book by uh, Dr. Terrence Real called I Don't Want to Talk About It. Um, it's the first book that I've ever read that really connects depression and mental health and the challenges that we go through as men with the pressures of having to perform masculinity. It's a, it's as it's plain as day, right? Like he makes that connection so clearly. Um, my spiritual practice, uh, I've always been um, very, very rooted and grounded in the spiritual practice of meditation, journaling. I have my journal right here. So I'm going to probably journal right after this. Um, you know, it, it's all those things. And, you know, I don't want to come across as someone that has it all figured out because I don't have it figured out clearly. No one does. Um, but I think it's it's if I can offer anyone that's listening um, 
inspiration to kind of want to live a different life and get different outcomes, you know, you have to face those things about yourself that are, that are hard, right? Um, everything that you want is on the other side of hard, that relationship, that job, that, you know, that house, you know, whatever it is that you want is on the other side of that hard. Um, and I just want it, I just want it. And, and I think it's always been rooted in wanting to be loved and, and to give more love. Right. Um, and in order to do that, I've had to like, you know, really visit some really dark places in my life to, to get closer to them. So those two books, journaling, meditation, you know, therapy is huge. I've been in therapy for, I don't know how long that's really helped. Definitely. Um, forever i've probably gone through seven different therapists um trying to find the right one yeah yeah. so you know all of that is helpful shanti did you you sitting up are you good shank shank about the shank you sitting up i see you need something oh so i was really interested shanti you need to say something but i I was really oh i apologize queen (laughs) i um that's interesting that you said that because I have written down on this outline. How do you manage your feelings? Do you lean into them? Do you look mm-hmm. for ways to shift them, control them? If I'm and honest, I, well, I'm sorry. Good. No, no, go ahead. I'm done. Please go. Because <laughs> I'm preempting the question. I know I saw the question, so you know I, I don't know where so you're go going. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm honest with you, I, I, I don't, I, t- I try to control them. Um, mm. I try to control them. I try to find ways to numb them even. You know, and I think I just said, you know, I don't allow myself to cry. And I don't think yeah. it's because I'm not physically able to. It's just that I just somewhere in me has I, I've I've made an agreement with myself that if I cry, that's that's a level of vulnerability that um, that I'm not willing to express or, or share with anyone yet. Wow. Is that the goal? But maybe. Is no, that the it's goal? Not. It's not the goal to to ever be that like, yeah, is that the goal to someday be able to? be able to open up and cry and like allow yourself to collapse in that way? Or is, are you, you know, good with where but you are? Shanti, even the words that you use, right? She said scary. collapse. Collapse. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think and it's an opening up. It's a it's, peeling back of the layers. But I get, I get what you meant though. Right. Like, and, and I think, yes, that is the goal. The goal is to be, and it's not necessarily in relationship or in partnership, right? Like I want to do that for myself. Because right. I can I can tell you right now that the five times that I've cried in the last few years, they have been really clear demarcation points in my journey. I can tell you the day, I can tell you what I was wearing, I can tell you what was wow. going on. And I can tell you that it was just this weight off my shoulders, you know? Um, and so much so that it really just, it, it was a, a a point in my journey that I felt like I've, you know, I entered a new realm, if you will. And I, again, I don't want to sound super esoteric, but it's that important to me. And maybe it's, maybe I'm putting too much pressure on myself too, right? Like one of my therapists was like, you know, you, you emote, it just doesn't look, it, it just doesn't look the way that you expect it to look, but you do emote. And so allow yourself that, that grace to, you know, to know that you, your feelings aren't necessarily being repressed. They're being expressed in different ways. How do you feel honestly about people or women that are, that cry a lot or like are seemingly out of control with their, um, with their emotions? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, because admittedly I was in a relationship in the past where 
I shamed my partner for for being a crier, right? Like, why are you always crying? And yeah. again, I come from not seeing that my mom, right, who had all the right in the world to cry. Like, she wouldn't, at least not in front of us, she wouldn't cry. And so for me, it was always a sign of weakness of just, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I've, of course, I learned that lesson. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, envy, I envy people, not just women, but there are, I have really good male friends that are criers, right? That they won't necessarily cry in public, but when we're, you know, watching a game or we're, you know, having drinks or whatever, talking about things, they'll shed some tears. And I'm just like, man, I wish I was more that. Um, because, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a release and it's, um, it's, a, it's a mark of courage, in my opinion now. I highly recommend it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to cry um, myself to sleep, Jason. Don't even listen. <laughs> me and Shanti be like, girl. <laughs> when I, I told, the last time we were together, I said, if you feel, if you feel my shoulders going up and down, I'm just weeping, but I'm fine. Don't worry. <laughs> like when we were, because, and, and I play around, but you know, at least once a month, I got to get a good cry out in the tub and maybe nothing's oh, wrong, but I'm backed up. I'm like, I'm backed up. I got to get all this shit yeah. out. And it could be happy tears, right? Yeah. Because I, I think I think that when we talk about vulnerability and when we talk about being open and fully experiencing life and men, you know, really embracing their emotions, we really focus on the the sorrow, the depression, the this. But I challenged you once via dm i was like oh when was the last time you fucking frolicked <laughs> like when was the last time Word. that you experienced deep feelings of joy and like were, were you your child like almost right because those tears come up in me too where i'm like i love it here i just because you're talking about being the you know the greatest expression of love right and that that's yeah. so many things so when we're having these conversations, I really, and I feel like this is also rooted in, you know, for the buzzword trauma and also like the black experience, how that's not necessarily what we see, right? We don't see black folks frolicking, like the sound of music, the hills are alive. Like we don't see it, but it's so necessary. And I think that it's also because we, we poss possibly romanticize struggle. We're resilient. We're this, we're that. And I wish I had that damn meme. I live my life in memes. But it was a meme that was like, when I have a child, if I ever have a child, God willing, I don't, I, my child can say I'm resilient, but I also want them to say my mom was so happy. Mm. My mom was so full of joy. My mom's smile lit up the room. My mom was so gracious with other people. She was so loving. That is the narrative that I want. And that I feel I deserve. So I'm just wanting to know, like, are you capable of deeply feeling joy, ecstasy, happiness, yeah. excitement? So Shanti, I don't know if you know this, but Antoinette had me frolicking in my back in my back patio. The other <laughs> I did it. I just she was like, you. you better send me a video for proof. I never said that. I never said that. I was happy to see the video. I said, yes, frolic. You can work on the frolic. You yeah, yeah. Free. You know, I, I was a little stiff. I was, was a, little, a little stiff. He was a, he was a little kind, but he was he was you know. videoing himself. You know, I get it. Um, man, I forgot your question. Damn. Are you? Oh, am I? Am I allowed? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I am. Um, I just have to get used to the fact, well, I don't want to get used to the fact that I just have to acknowledge 
that that joy for me right now in this moment doesn't necessarily show up the way that I would want it to show up, right? So I can be happy, I can be ecstatic, I can be in ecstasy and allow myself to live in that space. And I'm working on allowing me to over, allowing that feeling to overflow, right? And to overtake me. Um, I'm not stoic, right? Like I'm not, if, you know. No, but I think you're so conscious of how other people yeah. perceive you. How tall yeah. are you? I'm six four. Oh. So I feel like that there's a... <laughs> This bitch. I feel like it's like even how you use your voice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I yeah, used to yeah, say, yeah. so I can hear how you use your voice, and you are really cognizant of how much volume Yo, you have. Listen, you she are, you are. She's reading me right now. I like, hear it where he's, he's like, he, you're like Questlove. Like how Questlove has said, he's very conscious. Yeah. Of him being this big black man. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's so exactly that's, it. That that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. Like I, you know, the idea that I'm gonna collapse into someone's arms and cry, which you know, I, I I'm not using collapse in a, in a pejorative term, right? In, in a pejorative way, like it, it's. You better I define want, pejorative. Stop like in a negative way. In a, in a <laughs> negative way. In a negative way. Um, pejorative. Um, <laughs> um, no, nah, I don't. I, you know, the idea of like being held is something that I secretly like, that's, I want that. You know what I mean? Like who, I want that. Um, but I just, in, in like when I sit and I close my eyes and I visualize that, I can't visualize that easily because it's, it's, it requires a certain level of just like, yo, I am letting go right now. Right. Like talking about that inner child, you remember we used to talk about that inner child to me, the North star is to be able to be eight year old Jason with someone and then allowing that eight-year-old to cry and do all the things that he would normally do um in that person in that person's presence and i think i don't know like with yourself at all yet that might be the first step uh, yeah yeah i mean i think that's not fully um yeah because i think to your point right it's it's i'm so aware of how i show up in the world and i'm so aware of how my energy interacts with someone else's energy and wanting to be very um, not safe, but wanting to make sure that the other person feels safe and accounted for and seen in my presence is so important that sometimes it stifles the way that I show up. Jason, get loud, get big, take up yeah, space. Yeah, I mean, you know, space physically, but also with my voice. Like, yeah, it's, it's I'm working on that. Right. I'm working on it. I so definitely... you can deeply feel joy. Okay, say what? Yeah. I think there is something and I, I I'll be having know. dance parties in my house by myself. <laughs> yeah. All I the time. Too. Listen, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> What's up, Chance? I think there's something to the being able to do it yourself. And mm-hmm. I and I don't I'm not talking about like all this self love thing because I think again that's only woo-woo. um it's only the tip of the the iceberg. But it's like what does it require or what stories are you telling yourself or what ego trips do we have that keep us from that type of open vulnerability? Like mine, my thing is less about falling apart in front of somebody, but like wanting somebody to know that I, that I want them. Like I'd rather die before you know that like, I really, really, really want you in my life. And like, I don't know what that, 
I, I hear when people say, you know, you have to have that kind of feeling for yourself. And I don't even know how to begin peeling that back. But I'm sure that it's there. I'm sure that it has to do mm-hmm. something with your relationship with ourselves or like the, um, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't even, I don't even know how to begin that. That's why I'm going to go in a dark corner by myself for a minute <laughs> because, because I feel like it does become this, it just feels not messy. I don't know the word, but it, it can, it can, it can go from zero to a hundred really fast if you haven't, if you if you try to do that, if you put that on somebody else, you know it's what I mean? Dependency. It's yeah. it's, it's depend it's like depending on someone to fill your cup when you should be doing it yourself. But also at the same time, I don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting somebody. Like oh, I no, love I desire there there's this connection with desire there that's like I don't know, it's fragmented, or for you it may be like being completely open. I won't speak for Antoinette, but similarly, like being completely seen or open with somebody. And you speak I don't, for me, bitch. That's my that's my I life. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think the being with a partner is the it it shows you how like really fast you see yourself and you see where those things come up. But again, it does always have to go back to like, all right, how do I, how do I do this? How do I desire myself or in what ways do I have like this dysfunction with desire within myself that I keep trying to project on this other fucked up person? (laughs) I'm creating this mess. (laughs) And then it's a mess. And then when you put on the issues of like, power and domination then when you mix that into it it's just Mm. it's crazy but we don't ever really just get there though right like is it me like even in the journey of like you know me bias i've i've been on this self-love i'm gonna love myself and be single single for six years yada 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 and there's times within that journey where i'm like yo i love myself and then year and a half later I'm like oh what is going on and I feel like that's gonna rinse and repeat rinse and repeat because we're changing yeah and and I and I feel like when we look at this self-love I hate that word but self-love those words self-love journey we think that once we reach that place we're just there and that's I don't think realistic because you're gonna have to I don't keep think, revisiting, no? I don't think anyone I don't think any of us know what it looks like to love ourselves. I think that's something that we're all striving for. But anyone that says, you know, I mean, I think look, that might sound super aggressive, but the the form the type of self-love that we're describing, you know, that that's necessary before we can ask that love of, of another person is so intense, right? And it's so unapologetic that you, you know, I don't know if I don't, I definitely don't know what that looks like. You know, I don't know what it looks like for me to make a mistake and not beat myself up over it a thousand times, you know, before, And but I, but I would expect someone else to forgive me the moment I say, I'm sorry. Right. Like that's the craziness of it where, you know, how, 
Yeah, it's delusional. Well, vegan level. I think it's rooted, um, and I n- I never am on this tip, but I'm I'm be on it today. So I've been having some realizations, um, revelations. Some I think epiphanies. Listen, <laughs> I think it's rooted in in God. In, in a higher power, and I'm not a religious child, but I think it's rooted in when you see yourself as a, because I've been listening to my, when I listen to my angel, I love myself so much. <laughs> I swear to God, y'all, y'all can make fun of me. But there, there is this amazing clip where she's talking to Oprah and Super Soul Sunday, she's old as dirt, child, at this point. I don't know how old she is, but she old. And, and she's sitting there she's, and she's talking about how God loves her. And how she is a miracle. She's a fucking miracle to be here. She's like, God loves me. The thing that made the stars, the universe, the ocean, the world go round. He loves me? Little old me? What? And and she she bent, like, it takes the wind out of her. And she's, like, bent over. And she's just, it's sincere. It's, it's authentic. It's real. And she's just in awe of that love. And that's the love that I think that when we recognize, like, holy shit, I am so worthy of mm. so much because, wow, I'm here and I did not need to be. I am a miracle. When I go to sleep and my body wakes up ready to do it again, a miracle. I close my eyes for eight hours, hopefully. And then somehow my body is like healed scars, <laughs> like rejuvenated itself, it's ready to function. That's crazy. Like when you really think about it, and I think it's because I've been watching Explain too. I learned all these mites and shit <laughs> on our skin. I'm like, Shout oh, this to shit explain. is deep. I'm like, Shout this to explain. is That's what you mean. I'm in my bag lately like, yo, you know it's how many mites and weird yeah. things are on our skin and how all this shit works together to make sure we don't get sick. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think when we, when we lose sight of that, it's really easy to be like, yo, you made a mistake. You're trash. And I'm like, yo, I made a mistake, but God put me here and I'm still amazing. Cause the mites are doing <laughs> what they're supposed to do. You know, the sun's coming up. Like when you really think about all this shit, it's a miracle. But think about the work that you have to do to just remain in that mind state, right? Because the world, just the world is telling to you Maya otherwise. Angelo, I and, and explained, and explained. You want me to say it? <laughs> but I got the keys, y'all. No, that's right. I'll link it yeah. in the bio. No, I'm scared. I know. I agree with you. It's a, it's a lot of work, and mm-hmm. and nobody has time for that shit sometimes in this world, this yeah. capitalist society. We should. That's why the Costa Rican hut. That's why the cave. I helmet. Survive. See y'all on um, the other side. Listen. I'm so really shaved hair. I'm be skin and bones. I'm gonna come out <laughs> talking that woo-woo. She's gonna come out the same ass way. I'm gonna come out like the woo no like an Aladdin. Remember when he came out the cave in Aladdin? <laughs> come out fucked up. Like, yo. Rub on this lamp. Let me show Yo, you something. I, I got a Buddha belly. No one I can me. do drugs and shit. I would be whacked out. <laughs> All right, real quick. So you talked about, you talk a lot about partnering. I know for mm. a fact that you have labeled yourself as a hopeful romantic. 
right? Yes, yes. And you mentioned Ted Lasso, which won all the awards, apparently. I need to see it, but shout out to me. I don't have Apple TV. Mm. How do you get Apple TV? Like, do I have to subscribe to that or do I get it because I have an Apple TV? It's if if you go to Apple if you go to Apple TV, there should be a little function. There's a icon at the top that says Apple TV Plus, and then you just got to. And I gotta buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah, nah. So anyway, <laughs> so Ted Lasso, you said on an episode, mm-hmm. or maybe Ted Lasso. I'm about to mess this up, butchering it already. <laughs> do you want to just do it with the struck by lightning? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. So okay. Ted Lasso, new show, uh, hilarious. I won't give it away, but. Um, Second season, episode two, one of the main characters is coming out of a divorce and she's just started dating again. Um, And one of the other characters asks her about this person that she's dating and she's like, well, he's fine. And he's like, that's the problem. Everyone's fine. You deserve to be, you deserve to feel like you've been struck by lightning. You deserve to be with someone that makes you feel like you've been struck by lightning. And then this is like this light bulb goes off in her head and she's like, yeah, I do. And then... You know, it's a it's such a short snippet, but I thought it was so powerful and relevant because how many of us feel like we deserve to be with people that make us feel that way? Um, I do. I just that I just I just started to. Oh. Shanti's super. Shanti's like it's a it's a slow burn. That's her favorite thing. It's a slow burn. I want to hear what Shanti has. She's mad quiet listening to this. What do you think about that? About what? Is it possible? Being with somebody that makes you feel like you've been struck, like from the jump? Like, is that equate to like love at first sight? Like, not not necessarily, not necessarily, but just, you know, you feel like this is my person. Like, this is, this feels amazing. And I wouldn't want to do life with any, any other person. Um, yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. I, I, Why I can you dig, dig it? it? Do you feel I the, can dig it? I, I feel like, of course, it's possible. I don't. I don't think that comes without. Um, I don't feel dissimilar with my partner now. I don't feel like I could. I I don't I don't think or talk like that. So that's just not that's just not mm-hmm. in a like my way of being, but. You know, I mean, we've all been in a relationship. That shit is gravy, and then it's the meat and potatoes. I don't think I would ever want... I I think it's... I feel excited by knowing that you have a partner that's ready to, like, do that dark shit. Like, a nigga want to go in a cave with me? You want to go in a cave with me? You want to get weird with me? That's exciting to me. Yeah that you feel that safety to like be a mess with somebody, you know? And and that somebody wants to be a mess with you. That's mm-hmm. exciting. And that's really rare because again, how many of us want to be a mess with our fucking selves? Like I don't half the time. You don't. It's hard, it's scary, it's terrifying, it's exhausting. It's Can it, you be a mess with me? I'm just curious. To an extent, yeah. Wow. To an extent. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah. I, th- I think that requires, like, a lot of intimate, like, a lot of time together. I, th- I think. I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. How about it's, it's a willingness, right? It's a choice that you make. You, you talked about the meat and potatoes. Of course, that's when you have to make the choice, right? right. Like, to be with this person every, every day and be like, yo, I'm choosing you today, but I'm going to promise to choose you 10 years from now when I don't know, 
I have no idea what it's going to be like. I'm going to choose you then. I think that's the real work. Yeah. So how, but what happens if you don't want to be with the person then though in 10 years? Like, I don't know. That's okay too. Yeah. That's okay too. It's just like in Mm -hmm. this moment, like let's do this thing. Right. That's exciting. That's rare. And I feel like that could, that's otherworldly, but. So what, what is required then for us to be in a place where we're able to be a mess? What do we need? To just say, I'm here. Let's do this. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. As simple as that. And I'm a mess. And you're a mess. And I have grace for you. Let's try to do this. It's a willingness, yeah. And it's courage, right? Yeah. What do you need from the other person? Oh. That's going to vary from person to person. To me, I think all I need, all I want, and I keep hearing myself in an echo. I don't know if you, that's coming through. I hear it too, but it'll be all right. Okay. Um, for me, it's just my person has to be willing to just be willing and, and to explore and um, just be open to whatever, to just be open-minded about the relationship and about the ebbs and flows of the relationship. And knowing that there might be times when I'm giving you 90 and you're giving me 10 mm. and vice versa. And it's not about the, the percentage that you're getting. It's about the the moments where that percentage shifts and honoring that person then, right? And saying, yo, I know you're only giving me 10 right now and I'm about to wring your neck, but I love you and I'm in it and I'm with you and I'm about to, and you know, and I know that that's going to, you know, it's going to even out at some point. I think just that, that level of selflessness and courage, I think is what it takes from the other person. Part of what it takes from the other person. Chanti? What you what you say? <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> what was your question? I told I said it already, didn't I? Did no, I you said wait, wait, what 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 you need from you from within. What do you need from the from your from partner? the other person? Yeah. Me personally, I need um, just that. I need somebody to say like I'm. I need somebody to communicate and say. I'm here. I need reassurance until I really believe you. (laughs) And that's just where I'm at. It's like, I need that. um, Yeah. That like, I got you. We're in the trenches together, you know, and it's fucked up. And I'm, I can only give you 10% at this moment, but like, we're down here, have my back. And I don't like to feel um, again, but this is my shit. I don't like to feel like I want you more than you want me. Because then mm. that makes me feel mad and insecure. Yeah, it makes me feel very insecure. <laughs> and like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to invest, you know, I don't want to be a mess. I don't want everybody seeing me be a mess. So if you're not. What if you do? Well, it's not a one. I feel that. What if. Uh, I'll talk to you later. I was gonna say, like, what if it is a matter of like your partner can only give you this percentage, but they're gonna give you the other percentage soon, or they they uh, acknowledge it. Yeah, let's it. talk about it. I just need to know that we're in the trenches together, and it's not like, you know, I. I think we all, as just humans, as the existential experience, we're all gonna feel a level of loneliness. But I feel like partnership, you know. 
let's be lone. I don't want to feel too lonely in a partnership, you know? Yeah. So, you know, so I've been told this and I don't know if y'all have been told the same, but, um, an OG in my life who, you know, I take his advice with a grain of salt was like, you want to marry the person that loves you more than you love them because you'll always know, like you'll always be in a position of power and of safety and of, and I'm like, men are saying that because that's the, like an old black woman thing. Men oh, say, really? yeah, all really? older black women always say that. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know I thought that. It was just, okay. Every woman is told. I thought that was the secret among more. women. Shit. Wow. <laughs> no. Wow. So, so imagine the dysfunction of that. There you go. We're all trying to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't I mean, want I, I don't want to marry anybody that's more nah, in love with me. That that's, gives me anxiety. That's what I mean by wanting to feel like I've been struck by lightning, right? Like is this idea that, you know, again, we're not we're two separate entities and we come we're choosing to come together for this relationship, but I don't want to feel like I'm your end all be all and I don't want to feel the same way about you. Um mm-hmm. and so I think that's the thing, right? Like th- does that exist? I think it absolutely exists. But it exists with a lot of co- uh communication, a lot of trust, a lot of you know, you have to have done that work uh, so that you can recognize it too, right? Mm. Um, so. So on a more general, what do you need from, what do you feel you need from women to feel, to, to be who you are and to feel your feelings and to feel supported in that way? Because oftentimes it's, men need to take a back seat right now, especially within this, this time period, which I don't agree with. But what is it that you feel for all the women listening, what would what advice would you give them in order to hold space and make space for men to be? Um, you know, Bell Hook says in um, in the Will to Change that on Wednesday at two thirty p.m., all the men in the world are going to step outside and going to demand from women that they listen to their feelings, and women are going to lose their shit because they're not going to know what to do with it. And I think that's so true. Like a lot of women ask for men to be in tune and to be emotive and expressive and soft. And when they get that, they just don't know what to do with it. And that's, that's fine. I mean, I think we both, both gender, I'm I'm talking in the binary right now. I realize that, but we, we've all been harmed by patriarchy, right. In different ways. And so to answer your question directly, uh, I would just want women to, stop policing us the way that we police ourselves as it relates to performing manhood and masculinity. Um, You know, you have a lot of power, you have a lot of influence in the ways that men show up in your lives. You know, that's not to say that it's your responsibility to raise us. It's not to say that we, we don't have our shit to do and that it's our responsibility to do that work. But on some level, if we're going to be in partnership with each other, um, become aware of the ways that you've been harmed by patriarchy and the ways that you reinforce uh, patriarchal norms and then take the necessary steps to, to heal that. Right. So that when a man does show up and he's wanting to be vulnerable and he's wanting to give you all the things that you're asking for, that you not only recognize it, but then you can reciprocate it and hold space for it. So that's, that's what I would say. Well said. I have two more questions because I know it's getting late. Jason. How are you readying yourself for love again? Um, I'm not, you know, and that's real. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't want to date right now in, in large part because it feels like an interview. It feels like this long protracted interview where I'm meeting people and they're, 
looking at me to see whether or not I could be a good father, a good husband, a good provider, and not necessarily looking to see whether or not I could be their person, right? Like, can I be your human? Um, and so that's a turnoff because it feels very transactional. It just feels like it's if it's not me, it's going to be the next person, right? It's like this conveyor belt. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it makes it hard to open up in the face of trauma, in the face of pain, to open up and say, you know what, I'm going to open myself up to love again. So I joke that I say that I'm not. Um, but what I am doing, I guess, is taking the time for myself to get clear on what it is that I want and what I need. Um, and then being unapologetic about the things that I need and calling them needs, right? Not being afraid of calling those needs. Because um, having needs isn't an issue, right? It's not a, it's not a, I don't think it's a, it's a bad thing. So it's just getting clear on that. And so until I can get to a place in my own mind where I'm comfortable enough to share that uh, with someone else, then I think I'd be ready for it. And stealing your question from Dear Men, yeah. what is your definition of a good man? Good is the operative word, right? And I and I think it's a trick question. Um, you know, a man is a, a good man or a man in general, and I think it applies to everyone, is someone who knows when to be hard and, and, and stoic and aggressive and, you know, the rock of the family, for lack of a better term, but also knows when to be tender and soft and knows when to turn it on and off and, and is able to be in tune with the language, the feelings, the energy that requires that shift. Um, and then just being comfortable in, in, the, in both of those spaces when it requires. Jason, where can everybody find you? You're uh, <laughs> Jason two underscores Rosario. I'm going to roll my R's because it Rosario. is, you know, <laughs> it is Hispanic Latinx heritage month and I am Dominican. So I got to do that. Um, Jason two underscores Rosario on all platforms and also the lives of men. That's the work. Also, shout out to breaking the stereotype of Dominican men. (laughs) I try. Because (laughs) y'all, Dominican men. (laughs) Uh oh, we can't hear you now, Internet. There you go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Ah, God, that just gave me such anxiety. It sent a shockwave at my body of stress of like, did this episode just get deleted? All right. Do you have time for rapid fire questions? You could say no. No, I do. Okay. Oh, shit. Shanti set him up because I have him up because I, I deleted some of the raggedy questions for him because I was like, he ain't going to Oh, shit. I deleted some. <laughs> Just ask the question. No. No, 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 no. You got to keep it together. Okay. Just set it up. No, I have so them. long, Antoinette. Ugh. Girl. I did not ask you to ask the questions. I'm asking you to set up what we're doing. Oh, oh okay. okay. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> so you have, um, these are rapid fire questions. You have three seconds to answer the question. No, no questions, no um, explanation. You just, you just pick one, you say it with your chest, and we move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. Three seconds. All right, ready? Ready. Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? Familial happiness. Jay or Nas? Jay. Palestine or Israel? Palestine. In the light or in the dark? Always in the light. Prince or Michael? Mike. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Marriage or long-term commitment? Long-term commitment. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Trader Joe's. 
Voodoo or brown sugar? Voodoo. Family or career? Family. Seat at the table or lemonade? Ooh. Seat at the table. Evolution or creationism? Creationism. Sundress or sun or sweatpants? <laughs> Sundress. Protection or pull out in prayer? Pull out in prayer. <laughs> is it Uchi Is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? Uh Uchi. Is it black girl loss or shorty or you for ice? Black girl loss. Love Jones or Jason's lyric? Love Jones. Sir or Rumi? <laughs> Rumi. <laughs> Lisa Bonet or Nia Long? Nia Long. Bell Hooks or Audrey Lord? Bell, just because of the work. Sorry. LeBron or KD? Uh, KD. Trade Ben Simmons or develop him? Trade Ben. <laughs> Not if you buck or Annie up. <laughs> Not if you buck. In terms of the impact on the game of basketball as a whole, Allen or Mike? Mike. 9-11, inside job or terrorist attack? Inside job. Biggie or Pac? Big. Erica or Jill? Fuck, Erica. Flats or drums? Drums. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Travel back in time or travel forward in time? Travel forward. Apartment with a view or house on an acre? House on an acre. Buy stocks or buy flights? Buy flights. Yoga or CrossFit? Yoga. Tony Morrison or Alice Walker? Tony. Prove your point or pray for peace? Pray for peace. Read the book or watch the movie? Read the book. Defund the police or abolish the police? Defund the FBI. <laughs> Light liquor or dark liquor? Dark liquor. Red or white? White. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate, girl. Love and light or money and clips? Sorry. Love and light. <laughs> you don't have to say that shit. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Interesting, 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 interesting. Is there like stats that you pull from the answers to that? No, we just secretly Or like judge. a... A profile. I, I feel like if, when you start dating women again, that's just what you should do. That's what should you got like, That's them. the lineup. Like you can learn a lot <laughs> from somebody with just their responses to that. Like, can y'all break that? Can y'all break that down though? Ahead, can y'all break that down? This for was Shanti's thing. I just feel like you can just learn. I mean, you have a lot about politics. You could learn about people's sense of music. Their. What did you learn about me? Um. The song about me. <laughs> Leo. It comes to Leo. Y'all know. Um, you have good taste in music. You, it's interesting you chose long-term commitment over marriage. I feel like that says something. Um, you value things of substance, or you seem to think that you value things of substance. Your political views are pretty left. Um, with some dabbling of conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it. She's got it down to the science. I love it. Okay. Um, yeah, and love. I and see light. why this is important. Like Eastern. Yeah, yeah you just gotta. Yeah, love it. It's like love and light. And you're but, still you know, a Negro. He said. It's still a <laughs> Yeah. Pull out prayer. Because you know? there's some people yeah. like 
that don't know voodoo or brown sugar. Like, that's a big problem. Like, they what? don't even know. Yeah. And then I'm just like, wow. Palestine or Israel, they're like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Not a cereal. <laughs> Not a fucking cereal. Sorry. Uh, so, it's no, nah, that was good. That was yeah, good. Because there, there was some... There was some ones that were really I'm really hard. happy that you picked Erica. Oh, yeah? Good job by you. It's not oh, hate. Jill Scott. I don't hate reason. her. I just... How do you feel yeah. about Common? Asking me or you? <laughs> we done after this. How do you feel about Common? You asking? Uh, yeah. How do I? Um, I like old Common. Old Common. Ciao. She has an irrational thing with Common. I can't stand Common. I just she don't know. Common. I just uh, doesn't like... trust him. Ah. Uh. That man will curse you out. One Did day. you say flats or drums? I said drums. What's that say? I don't know. She's not in love with that. <laughs> Internet, what do you say? I like um, drums. drums. You like flats. flats. This is silly. Come on. All right, y'all. I want to make sure my child's okay. <laughs> Jason, Yo, thank, thank y'all you so for much. this. No, no, nah, nah, for real. This was good. I was a little bit, I mean, you know this. I was a little bit um, hesitant just off of that last conversation that we had. But, you know, this was really good. And I learned a lot about one me and right like the, the work that I still need to do but also just y'all man and like how you think and um what y'all need so um thank you Therapy. thank you for sharing space Therapy. yeah huh? you helped me a lot too helped a lot same helped a lot. appreciate you rooting for you anytime Hope to stay in touch and yeah. I will definitely hit you when this is hey, if you're in Brooklyn hit me I'm in I'm in bedside oh, I didn't know that I'm in Clinton Hill. So run, run the streets, yell, and I thought you was in Philly. No, she lives yeah, in yeah, Philly. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Philly. Okay. okay. That was kind yeah. of you. He was like, you know, Paris, New York, LA, <laughs> Philly. Philly. <laughs> Why did you do that? What? I mean, it's so you know, hot here. You know. Why did you that was so kind. You, that was so sweet. We don't need that. That's we what I'm saying. The greatest Jason, get cities real in the world. Big. Tokyo, Paris, you know, Philly. <laughs> we both were like, I don't have to say that, but we know. We're oh, very man. clear of the raggedy that we Philly's come from. Trash. And what were you saying? All right, saying? y'all. All right, have a good night. I'll, Bye, I'll hit thank you. you. Okay. Shanti, can you stay on for a second? Mm-hmm. Thank you. You have just heard an Around Away Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around Away Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. Love my wife for bad times to prevail and overwhelm me. I'm living in hell, but living wealthy. And no, these hoes love me because I'm a star. I can't even cop a drink. Hey, y'all. Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. 
Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping.